0: There are a lot of weird ways to die. Um, You know, you can get killed by an animal, get killed by a random lightning strike, uh, like a piece of space debris could fall out of the sky and hit you. All kinds of weird stuff. But one of the ones, the one of the weirdest ones that I think that has captivated uh, our imaginations for a really long time is the idea of spontaneous human combustion. Can we really? just all of a sudden catch fire and burn to death without no real obvious way of becoming ignited. Um, It's very strange. And there are a lot of stories uh, throughout hundreds of years of recorded human history that um, seem to make a good case for that because it's one of the only plausible explanations for what could happen. And we're going to look at three of those stories This week on Our Weird World. Our Weird World. Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson. And uh, we are 97 episodes in. And apparently I still can't figure out how to talk properly into a microphone. Uh, If the audio sounded weird, uh, not weird, but maybe a little quieter last couple of weeks. Uh, that's because the microphone that I talk into had kind of rotated a little bit. So I was not speaking directly into it, but I think, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good to go now. Uh, anyway, this week looking at, uh, three possible examples of spontaneous human combustion. Um, of all of the things that we as millennials and zoomers have to be scared of and and, uh, anxious about uh, the thought of randomly bursting into flames and burning alive. uh, Not, not necessarily high on our list, but maybe it should be. I don't know. Uh, We're, we're scared of so many things. Uh, Millennials and zoomers. We're scared of human interaction. We're scared of abandonment. We're scared of spiders, we're scared of sharks, some of us. Uh, we're, we're scared of sharp objects and knives, some of us. Um, just all kinds of things. Uh, somehow, though, apparently not afraid of serial killers, which should be probably higher up on the list, but whatever. Um, this week, though, we're looking at spontaneous human combustion. We're looking at the stories of Countess Cornelia de DeBrandi, uh, Mary Reeser, and Betty... Sat low and we're going to find out if uh, spontaneous human combustion is real right now. Story time. On April 4th, 1731, uh, a very strange story started making the rounds in Europe. Um, and it was uh, the story that 62 year old Countess Cornelia de Brandi from Cessna, Italy had been found dead in her bedroom. Now, look, in the 1700s, like a 60 year old woman dying was noteworthy because she had actually made it that far. Not necessarily like what she died from. But this is why this story started circulating. It wasn't that she was old, but it was how she died. Allegedly. Um. The night before, uh, the countess was described as acting very heavy and dull. Uh, her maid spent three hours with her that night, just kind of watching her and just making sure she was okay. Um, but she eventually helped the countess into bed, kind of talked with her, sat with her some more. She said her prayers, and when the countess didn't wake up at her normal time the next morning, her maid, the same maid, went in to check on her. Uh, After calling out to her and not really getting a response, the maid then opened the window in the bedroom to let some light in, and that illuminated uh, the countess, or at least some of the countess, on the floor. Um, Because rather than a full body, a full 62-year-old body, the maid just saw a pile of ashes, three charred fingers, two legs, and part of a skull. Uh, The maid, probably also freaking out, kind of, uh, searched around the room but couldn't find the countess's torso or the jaw or her entire brain. Um, the bed that she was sleeping in completely clean. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary there. The covers had been raised on one side, just as evidence that the countess had gotten up at some point in the middle of the night, but that was it. Uh, there was a nearby oil lamp, which was covered in ash, but it was empty. Otherwise, um, Two other candles had lost all of their uh, tallow, their wax and such, uh, and there was nothing but the wicks that were remaining. Um, The maid then checked the furniture and the dresser. All of it had just been soaked and covered with human soot. Um, this strange greasy yellow fluid was now leaking down the windows. The entire floor was kind of covered in this sticky glue like moisture and no one could figure out what was going on. Like all of this is really weird. And so the best guess that anyone could provide was that somehow the countess had been struck by lightning in the middle of the night and that everyone else in the castle was in such a deep sleep that no one heard it. Um, some, even went so far as to claim that it was a silent lightning bolt, which on it, it, look, I know a lot about weather. I can verify. I, that's, it's not a real thing. Like well, what about heat lightning? You never hear thunder with that. That's different. That's not heat lightning. I've never seen it strike the ground, right? Heat lightning is just kind of cloud to cloud, whatever's going on. This isn't a meteorology podcast. All right. It wasn't lightning. Let's move on. Um, the scene was later investigated by Reverend Giuseppe Biancini, Giuseppe Biancini. And (laughs) I can't help myself. Uh, he noted that because part of the countess's skull was found kind of resting in between her legs, uh, that she must have tried a little bit of self pleasure and the Lord just immediately struck her down. Didn't even let her get to hell before he just gave her the fiery pits of hell. Uh, no, that's not what he claimed. Uh, (laughs) Um, He kind of believed that the fire must have started from within, inside of her. Uh, And he thought, you know, maybe like there was some sort of gastrointestinal issue. Like maybe he she farted and exploded, which is kind of what he was hinting at. Like, I'm not trying to make a joke there. Um, Other people noticed that the countess had been drinking pretty heavily in the days leading up to the event and that it might have been possible for her alcohol soaked pores to be ignited by the burning oil lamp that she was carrying with her. Um, Still, no one really knows for sure what happened, but modern historians uh, believe that the Countess simply woke up in the middle of the night, carried her lit oil lamp to the window, and then collapsed on top of it, which then slowly just melted her to death. I don't know how that's possible because, you know, obviously 1700s, this woman's probably in a lot of heavy robes and gowns and so even if you're carrying a flame um like you're not gonna it's not gonna melt you to death like your clothes might um like absorb it and put the flame out or it's gonna set your entire clothes on fire and you're going to like burn to death And there there weren't any reports that she was burned. It was all ash and then just like parts of her legs and parts of her fingers and parts of you know whatever. But like even if there if if she had really been burned, like you still like it would not have been hot enough to completely turn her to ash. Like it's just that's just not how fire works. So like, obviously, spontaneous human combustion. Uh, so not necessarily in the in the way that uh, maybe we think, but maybe. Honestly, like, I kind of hope that she did fart and kind of blow up internally. That would be so cool. Uh, it'd be horrifying, but it'd be kind of cool. Uh, our second story here, uh, on July 2nd, 1951, Pansy Carpenter walked up to Mary Reeser's door in St. Petersburg, Florida, with a telegram. Uh, As Pansy touched the doorknob to enter uh, her tenant's home, Pansy was the landlord, uh, she was surprised to find that the doorknob was abnormally warm, which for July in Florida, that had to be pretty, pretty, pretty spicy doorknob there. Uh, So unsure of what was actually going on, Pansy called the police, who then arrived a few minutes later, broke down the door and found what was left of Mary as a pile of ashes in her living room chair. Uh, The only evidence that Mary had been existing was her left foot that was still in her slipper as well as her shrunken skull and spine. Like, that's kind of, that's crazy. Uh, Several plastic items that were situated near the ashes had also partially melted. Uh, St. Petersburg Police Chief J.R. Reichert sent all of this evidence to FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover who was forced to basically take a break from all of his spying and racial profiling and framing to look over this really weird case. Uh, Investigators found that Mary's body had been practically cremated, which occurs roughly at like 1400 degrees Fahrenheit, like the cremation ovens. That's how hot they get. So they surmised, like they had to figure out like, how did this woman have like most of all of her body get that hot Um, and even crazier like the rest of the house like showed zero signs of experiencing that much heat like you get something that hot like a lot of things in the house are going to like at least get melted or you got to it's got to like catch on fire at that point you know but only the things like around that living room chair Um, the FBI ultimately determined that Mary had been a victim of what was called the wick effect. And basically, it's this phenomenon in which the victim's clothes soak up their fat and act like the wick of a candle, which would then slowly melt a person instead of burning them a more traditional way. Uh, They theorized that Mary had basically taken some sleeping pills, as she was known to do, and just fell asleep in the middle of a smoke break, which then set fire to her nightclothes and then melted her to death. Um, Which I don't... I don't understand. They didn't really understand, like explain it all that well. Like you would have to be dead for like a long time for your clothes to like start absorbing your fat. Like, like, I don't know how fat Mary was, but like, you also have to like, like that would take a whole lot of time, like for your clothes to start absorbing your fat. I, at least, at least to a level that would really do you harm if your clothes then caught on fire. So I don't I don't understand that. Um it also doesn't explain why her skull and her spine were shrunken down like she was like in some amazon tribe's ritual. Um so yeah. Again, probably, you know, spontaneous human combustion or something. Uh our last story here uh takes place uh starts on December 6th, 1973. When Betty and Sam Satlow were closing up the bar that they owned in the small town of Hockium, uh, I believe this is in Washington State, um, but they were closing up shop for the night. Uh, Betty had been drinking most of the night and wasn't really helping much. And so uh, Sam, who had been busy entertaining the bar's customers with various karaoke songs all night, uh, just told Betty to go home while he finished up and he'd see her later. Well, Sam arrived home early the next morning and found Betty in the garage, still in the car from the night before, which is, is never good. Um, he called the paramedics who came and tried unsuccessfully to revive her. Um, the autopsy revealed that she had died from carbon monoxide poisoning and had a blood alcohol level of 0.26. Uh, authorities then ruled out a suicide and presumed that she had just simply fallen asleep because she was drunk and just never woke up. So Betty's body was taken to a local funeral home. And two days later, uh, the rest of the family arrived to perform the Catholic rosary services, whatever that is. I don't know Catholics being silly. Um, But at 1 a.m. that night, a tenant living in the apartment above the funeral home woke up to the smell of smoke. The fire department arrived a few minutes later to find Betty's casket at the center of a raging fire. And once they were able to quickly put the fire out, the firemen looked at Betty's coffin, which was made entirely of metal, which is famously not super flammable. Uh, They then opened it up and found that Betty's body had been completely roasted and reduced to a pile of ashes. Um, They immediately suspected arson, but there was no sign of any sort of lighter fluid. There was no real, like, ignition point. There was no sign of a break-in or any other sort of vandalism in the funeral home. Um, So police actually sent portions of the coffin to the U.S. Treasury Laboratory, which I don't know why they would do that, Um, but they couldn't figure out what had happened. And to this day, like, no one knows what happened. But, like, how does a dead body, of all things, just burst into flames? Like, just sitting by itself in a metal casket, right? That's, like, a weird crime. That's a real weird crime to commit. Like, you're just going to, like, expertly break into a funeral home, open up a casket, set, <laughs> set a dead body's body on fire. That's a weird way to word that. But, like, set the, <laughs> set the corpse on fire and then just gently close the coffin And then gently, like, leave no trace that you were ever in. That's a weird crime to commit, especially just once. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. But probably spontaneous human combustion. Yeah, spontaneous human combustion. A little bit shorter for an episode this week, but let's be honest. Like, I've been giving you like 30, 40 minute episodes for a long time now, so you can give me a break on this one. All right. Um, I don't know why I'm so hostile about it. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> do, like, is this real? All right. I like, I was kind of skeptical at first, but as, as I went back through these stories, like, I can't rationalize it any other way. Um, science we'll try to tell you that spontaneous human combustion isn't possible, but you know what? Like if Christians and all sorts of other religious people can just be like, look around as their argument for how God is real. I can just be like, look at these stories, bro. Give me a better explanation. (laughs) Totally real. Um, you know, because I mean, just like all of the ways they tried to explain it, like the wick effect and all of that, like it just, it doesn't tell the whole story. And, like, just, just because, like, spontaneous human combustion is real doesn't mean that it's super common, that it's going to happen to any of us. You know, it's probably, like, super, super, super rare odds and also probably has something to do with, like, your body composition, like, how much flammable material, like, alcohol, uh, you know, you have in your body or maybe, like, how much fat you have or all kinds of, like, crazy factors that would then play into this to, to make it to make it actually happen. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and plus, I mean, like our bodies have so many chemicals and natural nat- nat- naturally, there we go. I don't know why I stumbled over that, but like so many chemicals and naturally occurring elements in there that, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why it couldn't be plausible that spontaneous human combustion isn't real. Um, and look, if you have a good explanation for it, totally let me know, uh, go to my website, johnhensonwrites.com, go to the contact page. And send me a nicely worded email um, telling me how stupid I am for believing in this. But then also, like, back it up. Like, give me some solid evidence as to what it could have possibly been. And I'll listen. And if someone proves me wrong, I'll I'll totally admit it on a future episode. But I don't think anybody's going to do that. I don't think anybody has the balls to actually try to prove me wrong on something. Why? Because I am rarely wrong about these things. Um so you know, cool. It's fine. It's really fine. Uh, so that's where we've landed. Spontaneous human combustion is real, and let's kind of recap what we learned today. What did we learn? Number one, Countess Cornelia de Brandi may have farted so hard that she exploded. And I really, I, I cannot tell you how much I hope that that is true. All right. Uh, number two, uh, Mary Reeser may have melted herself to death because her fat soaked through her pores and her cigarette kind of caught her on fire and turned her into a human candle. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and number three, Betty Satlow was dead, but then somehow all of the alcohol in her system sweated out through her pores and then somehow also ignited. I don't know how it happened, but that's what they say happened, and I am inclined to believe it. Next week on Our Weird World, speaking of weird ways to die, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to some of the weirdest ways that people have died. All right, I have four stories for you. Uh, We'll look at the stories of Frantisek Kotswara, Governor Morris, Clement Villanaham, and Oroko Onoha. Um, All of them are going to be very different. Some of them are going to be real cringy and real difficult to listen to, especially if you're a dude. Um, So just get ready for that. But otherwise, just it's going to be a fun episode. So uh, get ready for that next week. Uh, thank you all for continuing to listen as we count down to episode 100. Um, keep telling all your friends. Make sure that they know, hey, this podcast, it's uh, it's got 100 episodes. It's legit. Like it's not going anywhere. It's not like all of those other amateur podcasts who do it for like six weeks and then stop because they suck at it. No, this guy keeps going like yeah he's not great at it but he keeps going and he's look admittedly he's gotten better those first few episodes they were kind of bumpy but he's got it he's got a rhythm now so check it out and he's about to have his 100th episode and it's going to be great so do that and keep it weird